Hey everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a new edition of Guitar Talk on Guitar Talk TV. Today is, wow, one of my <laughs> most favorite guitar players in the world. I think I speak for probably thousands, if not millions of guitar players around the world that say that Andy Timmons is by far one of the greatest guitar players alive today. Uh, every time I get an opportunity to spend time with Andy, it is an absolute treat. He is one of the most gracious people I've ever been around. And I enjoy, you know, his uh, conversation and his music and his advice and input so much. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. He's got a new album that is releasing on Friday. So this is perfect timing. So do yourself a favor, sit back, put your feet up, make sure you got a nice cool beverage. Enjoy this conversation with the one and only Andy Timmons. <laughs> Andy Timmons, how are you, sir? I'm good. Now that, yeah, you can hear me now, right? Oh yeah. Sweet, how you been, man? I've been good, you? I'm just getting over my COVID, you know. Oh, my Lord. Everyone's a winner, you know. Ah, you know, <laughs> you win the lottery this time. So good. Yeah, I did good for a long time. But, yeah, it was fortunately very mild. I, uh, doing okay, man, doing okay. Well, good, good, yeah. good. You know, the I think the last time uh, that we talked, I don't think you had been sick up to that point. So Definitely, you know, definitely not, yeah. You're a healthy, you look like you're a healthy guy, so. Relatively, you know, yeah. mentally healthy, I don't know. <laughs> ah, but, not, uh, you know, no, all good, all good, man. And remind me where you are. Where I'm outside of Chicago. Okay, okay, right on. Right, right, right. Yeah, we got our, we got our annual ice and snowstorm down here, so we're all shut down, man. It's just, yeah. It is, yeah. It, yeah, not a whole lot, but it's just, uh, just enough to get, you know, that, that black sheet of ice underneath some snow and. Some yeah. Snow. We're just honk, honkered down. Yeah, it is for sure. We haven't even attempted to venture out. It's supposed to warm up a little bit for the weekend, so we'll be all right. There we go. We had a storm just came through. We got about, I don't know, 10, 12 inches. Oh, damn. Okay, that's that's okay. that's that's proper. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, you would think living in Chicago, I've lived here on and off my whole life. And I can recall, man, back in the 70s, we would get pounded with snow. Yeah. You know, in more just, so, yeah, more because I grew up in Indiana, so I remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't get like Chicago, but Southern Indiana, we still had. You know, we'll get a foot or so every yeah. now and then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to ask you, man. Did, did yeah. you did you decide to put out this album simply because COVID was around and it's downtime, and you hadn't put out an album since sixteen? So you figured, yeah. what the hell, it's time. Well, it was actually it, the whole the whole recording and idea started way before covid so josh smith who produced the record he and i had become friends i'd just been seeing him you know maybe over the last four or five years on youtube and just digging his playing and really enjoy, always enjoyed the band he would have with him you know and i i forget how i got his information i must have found a mutual friend got his phone number just called him up just to say hey man i'm a fan and dig what you're doing and he was familiar with my stuff and dug that and he said, yeah, man, I just finished my home studio. Why don't you come out and let's do a record? I'm like, man, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> and you, meet, you meet people along, you meet people over the years along the way. Yeah, let's get together and 
you know, nine times out of ten, nothing ever really comes of it. But just, something just struck me about it. It's like, yeah, that's something I want to do. I love, I love Josh's whole thing. And we get along great as, as just guys, you know. So um, I just, yeah, I'll come out just, but let's, you you produce, you, you choose the band. I'll write some tunes. You write some tunes and we'll write some stuff together. And let's just do it. Just like a quick kind of fun side project just out of my normal circle of people, right? And so we ended up doing it January of 2020. I went out, you know, there's the annual NAM show that happens every January in Anaheim. So he's in the LA area. So we just arranged for me to come out three days early to, you know, basically record a record. And uh, that's what happened. So we did two days of uh, full band recording, got most of the record done like that. And we might have had three or four songs to complete. And I was going to come back in March. And of course, nobody came back anywhere in March. <laughs> we were, we all, you know, we that, that was right, right when COVID hit. So we had this nearly finished record in the can for a while and then i ended up just having to record whatever additional guitars i needed to do here at my studio and i uh, just got in did, did mixing virtually you know yeah his great engineer uh, alan hertz uh who's a killer drummer but happens to be an amazing recording engineer he uh, he, he mixed it with josh and they would send me mixes and i'd have comments and kind of like that you know um but just as things happen it just kind of takes a while to get things up and running but so just now seems like a good time to put it out and kind of handy to have something in your back pocket as we hopefully are coming out of this this COVID thing. It feels like we're headed in a good direction anyway. Um, so yeah, and it's just, again, it's just a, a fun kind of different sounding record than I normally do, though there'll be some some ballads on there that people will recognize as kind of my signature type of thing. Right. But really love the players on the record and the field that we got. And Josh was a really, really great guy to work with. So I, I'm hoping we do more stuff in the future and more playing together. He's only playing on one track on the record, a tune that he wrote called Johnny T, kind of a Johnny Taylor sounding track. Yeah. And uh, he plays some great rhythm guitar and plays the best solo on the record. <laughs> he just yeah. steps ah. up and just knocks it over the fucking plate. You know, it sounds great. Yeah. So proud to have yeah. him on there, man. He, he's great. He's got his hands in so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. he really does. I mean, the work he's doing, all the stuff he's, different stuff he's doing with Bonamassa. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, and Bonamassa's doing so many different albums with, you know, Joanna Connor and Larry yeah. McCurdy and all these different people, you know. So, yeah, Josh is a really big, really big part of that production team. He and Joe are great partners and uh, he brings a lot to the table just as a great musician, great guitar player. He's got great ears and he's got great ideas for arrangements and just parts, you know, kind of really hears the whole puzzle, not just guitar centric. He's a, he's got a really good set of ears. So, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine him being any busier. <laughs> it's like he's got a lot going on. So I'm real proud of him and I'm happy for him to have, you know, getting the exposure that he deserves. Not all players that get to that level as far as ability necessarily get to have that kind of exposure. So and, and what they're doing, you know, the way Josh and, and Joe seem to be kind of teaming up to really kind of shine a light on like when you think about eric gales and and, and how great he's been right. i saw i saw eric when he was 17 and he was already that guy he was already playing like he's playing today obviously he's more mature and of course he's grown but all that fire and everything that you love about eric's playing was already there and of course he's had his ups and downs just through his life you know and uh but for those guys to lift him up and and do a record with him and the Larry McRae. i can't wait to hear this record i saw larry open up for um, robert cray in 1993 three or four somewhere early 90s yeah. came out with a flying v and a soldano and just tore the place down and just great great sound and great playing but also just this incredible you know soulful voice you know just real deal 
about as about as real deal blues as you're gonna get. You know. So yeah, you you know yeah. I, I've known I've known Larry for forever. Oh, oh you yeah, have okay. I've, I've actually done several shows with Larry. Oh, great. And uh, Larry Larry was actually one of those guys in the early days for me that made me want to play guitar. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because he's got you know you you've heard his sound. Oh it's my god. Cool and yeah. I'll never forget when, when the first time that I did a show with him, it was at Governor State University in here here in Illinois. And uh, I was looking down at his pedal board and I was looking at his amp and I was looking at him and I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I, I get it. You got a beastful sound, but I'm trying to figure out where the hell it's coming from. Yeah. I don't remember him having a, I don't remember him having a pedal board. I remember that yeah. V and that Soldano, yeah. but yeah. I kind of figured it was in those fingers. You know what I mean? It is. It yeah. is. But he goes, "Oh, it's just little. It was a. It was a Rocktron overdrive <laughs> pedal, like a forty dollar pedal. You know. He's <laughs> like, you, you got to get this. So I remember uh, I and I bought one. Oh, uh, that's funny. You know, just simply because of that. But sure, sure. I'm so happy for him because I can yeah. recall conversations where he was going to quit playing. Oh my god. You know, wow. because he yeah. just felt like he hit a ceiling and he couldn't go yeah. no. Further. Yeah, so well, anybody deserves the attention that he's about to get. Exactly. Really Larry. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying with, with Joe yeah. and, and, and Josh being able to, to see that situation go, man, we got to help this tell the story, you know? And I, I think yeah. they've done a bit of a documentary to go with it. And, and uh, so really happy to see Larry, uh, kind of being put back on the stage where he belongs you know what i mean yeah yeah this will be really great for him i can't wait to hear the record yeah exactly yeah Yeah. they they, they've they've uh really elevated a lot of a lot of people i'm actually doing a show with eric gales in april oh right on we're at yeah okay all right you're in town stop by yeah i you know sometimes i'll make a road trip just to come to the show you never know man (laughs) careful what you wish for no, I, that would be great. That would be great. But you know what? Getting getting back to your album, I yeah. mean, one thing that I love about it is is that it doesn't matter what kind of song you're doing, Andy. Mm. I, you bring you bring something to the table that's always amazing, and that is, oh, I mean, I, you're one of the few people that always has a consistently, you know, brilliant tone. Oh, I mean, you, absolutely gorgeous tone. But thank at you, the man. same time, your melodies. You know your your phrasing in that is just it's just so spot on. Oh, thank you, man. Well, well, I got to ask you. You know yeah. what is what is it that you've done that's you know made you know made you be able to you know because you're not a you don't seem like a guy that rushes into anything. You really think about things. Is that yeah, true? I think well, it can really go either way. That's that's an interesting question because yeah, it does seem like I take a little bit too long between releases. But then there was the Red Coach record that we put out whenever that was, beginning of last year, that was kind of done right at the beginning of COVID with the Bissonette Brothers. And and that, and that was a, it was a really fly by the seat of the pants, you know, couple of takes and, and send the tracks, you know, kind of thing. So sometimes it's, it, you just kind of recognize when the right moment is. And that's, that's an instinct maybe that develops like a musician does anyway. Like if you're really, if your antenna's up and you're on a stage with a bunch of players, you might recognize the moment to play or not to play, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes it's, it's like that. And there's a lot of it that's not really, career-wise, certainly not planned. Most of my career has been just kind of how it's happened as I just go through life, you know what I mean? And and it, it feels natural that way. Whenever I've tried to force things, it seems like that's when the wrong decisions were made. 
you know, it might have been okay for a while in a career path, whatever period of my career. But, you know, it, when I rem when I remain true to my heart and what I really want to be doing, that's when I I feel good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, like I like I say, somebody say, "Hey, come to, come to my studio, we'll play." He's like, "Well, maybe," but I could sense in Josh, like this is a good thing to do, and I, I dig him. He's a, a, a you know, monster player. I respect him so much, and so it's, I just knew I I had a feeling that this is going to be a really good thing, you know. And the response we've we put one track out a couple of weeks ago, just on the, all the social media and YouTube, and it got such a great response because it was just a funkier, earthier thing that people are normally yeah. used to hearing me do. And I and I wrote a couple of tunes on this old Telecaster that I have. Um, this old six, it's a '68. You know. Oh yeah, nice. So, and that little riff is definitely Al McKay, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's and that's EWF, a thinly veiled uh, reference there. Ah, just, yeah. So and man, the way Lamar Carter on the drums and uh, Travis Carlton on the bass and Darren Johnson on the keyboards, just a funky crew to start with. So I just was hanging with some some top shelf guys, you know, made it easy to play. You know, yeah. so that track and you know, and a lot of them on the record were just live the way we played it. You know, no fixes, just going for it. You know, and sometimes yeah. on my own records, you know, I'll do you know, twenty takes and try to pick the right the right take or whatever. But sometimes you got the right feel on the day. That's that's the best way to do it. You know, so yeah, just happy, happy to capture some stuff like that with this band. Yeah, and and the the album's really diverse because I've you know fortunate enough to been able to hear it. It's really diverse. There's a lot of right. uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, if somebody's used to a certain Andy Timmons kind of album, which right. I don't think there is a certain kind of Andy Timmons album. <laughs> you're, you're really all over the that's place. That's kind of, that's pretty accurate for better or worse. I mean, yeah. but, but that's what I'm saying about. It. I just, I kind of have to do what's in my heart at the moment. Like that Bossa Nova record I did down in Brazil, you know, that, that I couldn't have planned that in a million years, but it was this music I was really passionate about or yeah. the Sergeant Pepper Beatles thing, you know, right. Or this the, the the progression of the Andy Timmons band through from Ear Ecstasy to Resolution to Theme from a Perfect World. There's a there's definitely a thread, but there's hopefully, you know, the the, the me as a human being is changing through all that. You know, hopefully there's a consistent thread of whatever the baseline of of me is. But then the the different interests that I have. You know, it is pretty global when it comes to music. I love so much different stuff. You know, and I I, I like it when it seeps into my thing. Right and Hopefully you just continue to grow like that. I, I don't want to keep making the same record all the time, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Which is which is which is a really good question to ask. And that mm -hmm. is a lot of times guitar players, you get to a point to where you really feel stuck. Like yeah. I'm playing the same thing over and over yeah. and over again. Right. How do you how do you suggest somebody gets past that rut like that? Man, it, it it's it's a thing we all face, right? And I, th I think the really the simplest thing to do is not a just not be overwhelmed by recognizing man i'm in a rut but just that all you need to do is pick one little or two little things you know from maybe from another player or maybe another kind of music that 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 resonates with you i'm always learning songs to, that just resonate with me if whether it be a, an old beach boys or a there's an elvis costello song that just was just released a, a couple of weeks ago that i really really loved some things about it. So lear learning just a little, little bits of new things mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I'm going through a blues kind of phase, uh, maybe a month or so ago and, and uh, just, just absorbed as much Robin Ford as I could, you know, yeah. I've been a, fa I've been a fan of his since I heard him with the, you know, yellow jackets and, and Jimmy Witherspoon. Yeah. 
right that late 70s early 80s whatever that period was and his playing really resonates with me because it's not just i don't hear too many cliches coming you know not not to say that there's not a certain vocabulary vocabulary in the blues world that can be repeated and it can always sound great you know and there's we all know that we can hear those lines and those licks now and how they sound and and guys that played them amazingly but with robin it's a little different I, I hear him just kind of approaching every every moment of music as a fresh opportunity. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Like he just seems to be kind of functioning melodically in real time um, with a really deep set of tools. You yeah. Know, he knows there's there's a lot of knowledge there, but it's I don't hear his brain functioning. I hear his that that melodic drive going right, and that's yeah. what I've always tried to kind of um, cultivate in my own playing was I. Chet Baker's my favorite jazz musician because I just never heard him repeat a bunch of licks. I heard him playing melodies in the moment, and yeah. in, in, in my best moments, that's what I'm trying to do. And you yeah. can do that, and you can do that in the blues. It, you mean there, you can obviously we can we can have that that set of uh, licks and vocabulary that we know near and dear, but giving ourselves the opportunity to to add to that in a fresh way and connect things. Um, right. is really exciting to me, you know what I mean? And I just, I feel like a beginner, and I mean that sincerely when it comes to blues, as far as really being authentic and having something unique to say that's not just parroting all of our heroes, right? You know, I've never been that good at doing, you know, a Stevie Ray thing or, a, or an Albert King thing, but I love, I love them so much. Um, but if I can just absorb the right amount of, creativity from that is what i'm hoping for that'll seep in eventually and keep helping me grow i really want to make a straight ahead blues record as well you know this thing with josh you would think him being more in the, in the blues world it might be a little bluesier but not 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 so much there might be some of the influence i think in there right uh, uh yeah yeah the the album I mean, there's definitely some some parts on some on a couple of the songs mm -hmm. that you know that wander into the blues yeah and that but you know i mean there's there's like you said you know there's funk there's you know you, you the last couple of songs on the album of course i i hate to say your mind i like shuggy yeah i, I, I like that song a lot but the Thank last you. last two on the album were my favorite just simply because oh. i love andy timmy andy timmy's knowledge you know it's oh, like right <laughs> you know what i mean it's like well it's so, ask you if, if yeah. you're you, uh -huh. getting getting back to what we were just talking about in in, in overcoming that that uh you know being in that rut mm. you find that when you're like uh in the blues moment when you're playing blues you go you get in a rut and you start playing the same licks in blues but when you go to rock mm. they're different licks but they're the same licks you always play when you're in that vein and yeah can you know be. I mean? yeah well they're simple i mean again it's just guitar lesson 101 if you if you know one thing what it you know, and we all can play that in that room. No. No, how can we? Trying to just find, even if it's the same vocabulary, but by stretching it into different parts of the neck. Even just, I man, if you know we're all the, if we're in the key right. A, just something simple is like, okay, well, play me all the A's that you know, right? Just, right. And where's that minor third above it? I don't play very much open string stuff, and I was kind of digging on that. Just 
<laughs> and it's not, I mean, that's nothing new for anybody, but it is for me. <laughs> so I, I taught myself something new, and that's something right there that I have rarely ever played. For whatever reason, my vocabulary tends to be a fretted idea, where there's a lot of great blues guys. They kind of lived in the open position first. And so there's this whole world down there that's kind of waiting for me. So even just that simple little delineation of like, oh, well, that's something I don't have together. What if I just start limiting myself to trying to do stuff with open strings for a while? You know, how can I do that? And then go around all the different keys, which starts yeah. to get challenging. Well, I'm going to play in B flat, you know, or well, I got that open D. But that's not too bluesy. <laughs> But there's a there's a cool. That opening, right? <laughs> well, then all of a sudden there's some cool stuff that again, I just I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. But there's some cool things there. There's so much that we we can teach ourselves. Yeah. Just just by giving put a little work in, right? And again, that simple idea of finding the, the Find, I, just finding that root. That way, once we start to kind of really be comfortable with more areas of the neck in, in, outside of our little comfort areas that we all have, you know, mm. that can lead us to connecting in a different way. And sometimes some new things kind of start to come out almost accidentally. And then you just got to kind of recognize, oh, well, that was cool and try to remember it or record it or, you know, right. document it somehow, however you can, you know. I forget, man, I come up with stuff every day and I'll, if I don't document it, it'll be gone the next day unless I'm really repeating it. Right. That's, and then it's probably more difficult the older I get, of course, because that's just the nature of our, our aging human brain. But, uh, but I do, I'll, I'll either make a little video or a recording to try to document something I'm working on just to make sure it sticks, you know, and then try to go over it to, that's yeah. the other trick is then, you know, the repetition of it to try to get it to work into your natural vocabulary, right? Yeah, yeah. Not easy, not easy, but you can do it, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I think people from the outside looking in would probably really appreciate, you know, some of the things that you just said simply because they would be thinking, well, you know, a guy like Andy Timmons, you know, he's not stumbling, he's not running into that brick wall, you know, like I am in that, and to find out that, you know, really happens at every level and there's a way to work through it, you know, you know, that's, that's natural. That keeps you, you know, I, I don't know. It, se it seems like you, you come across to me, Andy, as a guy that, you know, outside of being really passionate about the guitar, you're somebody that really wants to investigate it further. What, you know, what can I do here? You know, yeah. kind of that's a great way to put it, but that's just being a fan, yeah. you know, and, and also, and also we, you know, just the, the idea that well uh, you know we we can be so much better right you know what no matter what level any of us get to you know there's there's that much further to go <laughs> you know i don't think you yeah. could ask any 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 player that's accomplished a certain level of playing uh, you know from intermediate to the to the the brilliant players of our time i think they'd all tell you like yeah man i you know i really got to work on this xyz whatever it might be if they're right. being honest you know and uh, it's hard for some of us to perceive like, you know, well, how could Eric Johnson or Tommy Emanuel feel that way if, if right. they would feel that way, which they probably do. So, well, they just know they have to put the work in. And that's usually what sets apart so many of our heroes is that, man, 
they just nonstop put the time in, you know, and so it's up to all of us to try to follow in those footsteps and, and dedicate what we can to improving the craft along the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm really excited for, you know, your album release because I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are really going to dig it. Yeah. I hope so. Do you, you guys plan on doing any shows? You and Josh going to do any shows together or? It's gonna be, well, it's going to be tough to plan right now. I know he's got so much stuff on his plate with Joe. Um, I'm going to do a couple shows in, in Texas around April 1st when the record comes out. I'll probably put together, you know, some some players around here that it will be similar to the vibe of what's on the record, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll see how it goes from there and, and then possibly do some tour dates. But I've been reluctant to book anything in general just until we have to stop canceling things. We already, I was supposed to be in New yeah. York this week. You know, I've had two shows at the Iridium and but uh yeah we we eventually had to just pull out just as, as things were so crazy up there so many people getting sick and then i got sick you know it's like man yeah. okay well i guess well i guess we're not ready yet but yeah i look forward to getting back out i want to i want to play as much as i can in the meantime i'm recording a lot got a couple more got three or four records worth of material waiting to, waiting to go i just got to keep uh getting stuff done both with the andy timmons band and some some other solo work of mine yeah. Now I'm chomping at the bend to do like a straight ahead blues record. You know, if I can get the, get the guts to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I wondered, cause you know, you know, you've been in the Mesa boogie family forever yeah. Yeah. and the Lone Star's been your go-to forever. And that yeah. I saw, I don't know where it is that I saw, but I saw you with their California tweed. Yeah. That's a great ant. Do you, are you using that or? I know? am on some stuff. I mean, the Lone Star's, kind of i mean i've dialed my tone in since 2005 with that amp so it's it's a it's a thing for me and that's kind of my comfort zone but i really like that california tweet a lot i i bought of course with me i got to go stereo so I, I bought two of them and and there's a record i'm going to do that's kind of i over the last couple of years i've been writing just a lot of solo pieces meaning just unaccompanied you know guitar right. and that amp boy the clean tone is just pristine it's really yeah. beautiful and and I think it'd make it a good pedal pedal platform also, but it wouldn't quite be what I would want out of it for my power trio kind of thing. But in a, the that particular tone, and maybe in a blues bluesier kind of setting, boy, it's a really nice amp. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah for they sure. Do a, they do a great job. So you you yeah. know, you, you said just a minute ago that your 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 combination of you know uh, your amp and what you're using goes back to 2005. Would yeah. you say that it's been pretty consistent? You've used the same consistent pedals, the same kind of oh. guitar, the same amp the whole time or? Well, the, the amp and the guitar is mainly the only consistent thread there. The pedals are ever, ever changing <laughs> and even how I'm running the amp. So I started, the thing that drew me to the Lone Star initially was that I loved the lead channel because you know, with most high gain, even though it's not a real high gain amp, any any lead channels of an amp, I'm usually kind of dialing out treble and presence, trying to warm it up and take that fizz and that harshness out of it. But that amp was like, I had to turn the bass off and get some treble in there. You know, it was just the sort of the way the tone, the tone stack was working. And so, and that it didn't have that much gain. It was like a media, good medium gain that I would put a tube screamer or something in front of it or what eventually the BB preamp from Exotic. And that worked really well for me. But then there was, there was a gig I did. I was doing a clinic for Anderton's, a real famous uh, uh, music shop in, uh, in England, right? And they had a Lone Star there for me, but the effects loop wasn't working. And I'm a delay junkie, if you know me. Yeah. And, but I run it in the effects loop. If I'm using the amp for gain, you need that in the effects loop so it's not muddy in front of the amp. 
but I couldn't use the effects loop because I'm sure it was just a 12AX7, but it wasn't working at the moment. We couldn't fix it. So I had this uh, angry Charlie JHS pedal on my pedal board because a friend of mine at the Guitar Sanctuary said, you should try this pedal. You'll like it. It was on the board. I wasn't using it that much, but now we need a lead tone. So I put that JHS in front of the, the clean channel yeah. and had a really good gig. You know, re- really well. My friend, my friend, you know, Daniel Steinhardt, the guy no, from East. I, I don't East know East. him, but I know who he is. Okay. Yeah. The guy from the, the pedal show, but he has, he, he designs the switching system I use called the, the gig rig, right? Right. And he, he was at the gate and goes, mate, got to tell you, it really sounded nice, you know? And, uh, so, it, and I, and I felt, I felt the difference, you know, there was this immediacy I was getting from just the clean platform with the, with the beginning from coming from the pedal, whatever it was, I just, it felt great. So I kind of started moving in that direction. And that's mainly how I use the app now as a pedal platform. I'll use the lead channel every now and then for right. certain things. But, uh, but yeah, so then I worked with JHS to, we basically t- tuned the angry Charlie for me specifically changed some things on it, added some things. And that's been my signature kind of lead tone ever since. Um, I do different things for neck pickup tones, like, like the, uh, a little bit of my, uh, uh, signature compressor that I have with Carl Martin and like an RC booster for a little bit of top end. Or sometimes the old blues driver too, just for Is that the blues driver. Too much game. My, my, my levels are, are weird right now. But to answer, yeah, more succinctly, it's, 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 it, it changes a, a lot over the years, basically. Yeah. But now we're pretty much down to, you know, that specific, that JHS for my lead tone, a couple different things for the mid gain, and uh, always have the delay on. I've got a new signature delay coming with Keeley that we can't really officially talk about until it comes out, but it's looking like April. Yeah. But yeah, we spent we spent the last three years on that on that sucker and uh, very yeah. excited about it. Yeah, we, I mean, I've I've used the EP3, you know, Echoplexes and Memory Man, and uh, the, of course I used the Timeline for a long time, trying to, my best to replicate those. But finally, to have a genius like Robert Keeley to work with me to kind of get the best of all the worlds the way I've been hearing it in my head. Yeah, I'm getting this um, uh, Adobe reminder here let me just see if i can click out of it and not affect us are you still there yeah i'm still here okay i just have to i just have to shut this page i don't know why that's still happening after the last two years but <laughs> anyway so yeah it's so but now they're not making the lone star anymore sadly um yeah. uh, I, I'm, of course i fortunately have a couple so i'll keep using them and but i i will say yeah i do like that the california tweet a lot it's it's, it's not going to replace my rig but it's it's a real good uh real good sound on amp yeah, I think the I think the last couple of amps that they've made because I have a, I have a Lone Star, and then I bought the Fillmore, which yeah. I, I absolutely love the Fillmore. Uh-huh. And then when the Tweed came out right after the Fillmore, around right. the same time, I ended up I ended up getting one of those because. Yeah. You know, but then I thought, well, I saw you do the video for the Fillmore, which was amazing. It's why I bought the the amp. Oh man, that video. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a great. It's a, it's, a, it's a great amp. I just after I, I didn't really find my thing with it, but it's a it's a yeah. it's a killer amp too. Yeah. But uh, you know. Yeah, I bought the the low watt one, the twenty twenty five watt oh, one. Oh shit! Okay. And that so it's really nice for you know in the studio or even some smaller gigs and stuff like that. Sweet, but anyway, right? yeah, cool. Oh, uh, uh, I just happened to see you with the tweed, and I thought, well, I wonder. Yeah. He's using that at all. Yeah. Well, like I could say, um, when I first got it, it was getting a lot of use, you know, but then I do, all the, I do all these live stream gigs. I just kind of stick, sometimes I'll venture out and I use the, I use the California a couple of times, but 
I've really got it in this particular record I'm going to do for these solo pieces. I really think that's going to be the main the main amp for it. Yeah. You know, that would be such a killer, killer project mm. to have you just alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so. I, it's 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 a daunting task because a lot of these ballads, you know, if you're doing a whole record of ballads and you're sitting there by yourself, it's like, how am I going to keep this interesting? So I'm just now starting to formulate how it might work. And I'm, I might try to record it live, like, yeah. you know, just video the whole thing and do it on a on a soundstage somewhere or, at, or maybe at a gig. Like We have the, the, the sanctuary here, the guitar sanctuary. It's got a nice little... 300 seat venue that might be the right place to just do a intimate little live dvd kind of thing and just see if i can capture it all live in a setting wow that yeah, would... whether to add you know an, an additional instrument here or there we'll see i have to kind of yeah. forward thinking a little bit but it's been a lot of fun just coming up with the pieces and I, I enjoy writing like that quite a bit are you familiar with ariel posen oh gosh yeah beautiful hey, did you hear the album he did where he just went in the studio just like that a guitar oh, no. Nothing. All one takes. Absolutely. Oh, I gotta hear it. Yeah, he's. he's a, I'll send you the link to it. It's absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, he's really, he's really, really amazing player. I like his tone a lot. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about just real briefly because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you super, super long. Oh, but good. You know, one of the things that I'm doing is is that I've got a new series coming out on the business of guitar. Okay. Because I, I get so many emails all the time. Mm. Different guys asking me, you know. I want to be, you know, I want to create online content or I want to get to the place to where I can do guitar clinics and just a variety of things. And so I thought it would be nice to do some short segments with guys like yourself talking about, you know, different aspects. And I know one of the things that you're known for is your clinics. You know, mm. people people love the work that you do there. And, and of mm. course, it's brilliant. And so I'm kind of curious as to, you know, okay, let's say, you know, you're a guitar player and that's something that you really want to do. How did you, how did you just, did you fall into it? Was it something that you set out to do? And, mm. you know, how does that whole, that, that, how does that whole thing work? Well, it, it's, it was all really kind of an organic thing that would have happened with whatever guitar company I was working with. You know, when I first uh, joined Danger Danger in the late eighties, it was through uh, a relationship I had with Kramer Guitars that, you know, I'd start. I started to uh, endorse that company. And it was actually Buddy Blaze who just pa sadly passed away this, this last year, um, you know, got me the gig with Danger Danger. He was kind of the conduit into getting that audition. And once I was in that band, then, you know, if, if, you're, if you're out there getting a bit of notoriety and, and have a level of exposure, this is pre-internet, of course, but I'm in a band that's on MTV and people are recognizing, you know, that my abilities on the guitar, they'd start asking me to do you know, eat like Nam show demos or some guitar clinics and some of the music stores, you know, along, along tour dates. Right. Um, and when, the, when the, that Kramer went out of business, right. Not long after that time. And then I, I ended up hooking up with Ibanez, you know, which was a company I really wanted to work with. Cause at the time, even though I was in this, you know, MTV hair metal band, you know, I wanted to be Satriani and Vi and then, and those guys, you know, Paul Gilbert, they, all these Ibanez guys, and uh, so I was fortunate that they wanted to work with me as well. And then th the same kind of thing. Then they'd actually send me out on tours, you know, where it was just me and my guitar. I'd show up and land in a different country every day over in the Far East or, you know, in the States. And and what a way to, you know, for, for a guy like me where my career was never quite at the level of here, I'm, I'm you, know, on, you know, touring with Satriani or Vi, but maybe, you know, talked about in the same circles. But it was a way for me to get out and, and play my music, you know, while, you know, obviously you're kind of repping the company and then eventually Mesa Boogie, I would do clinics with. 
Um, it's it's kind of an odd thing to say. Well, here's here's how you go about becoming a clinician. But um, I think it would go hand in hand these days if you've got a decent following on on all the socials, which is obviously the most you know easily acquired platform that we all have now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's difficult because so many people can do it. But the the real beauty is, and I I talk about this a lot, is that if you truly have have worked hard and and developed a craft that's you know worthy of that kind of exposure and 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 working in that kind of capacity we all have we all now have the ability to just by putting some content up simple videos on on all the social media platforms that if it's truly something people want to hear it'll get shared and you'll start to get some some uh you know some some treading that way i always talk about andy mckee back in the day when Back then, it was mainly maybe just YouTube, but you know he was just recording videos in his in his home, and but had this amazing technical ability and was playing beautiful music. You know, it it wasn't just technical virtuosity; there was music being made, and so it really resonated with a lot of people. Next thing you know, he's he's gigging three hundred dates a year or whatever it might be. I might be really kind of uh, giving the Reader's Digest version of his story, but it's it's a very valid story in that you know, if, if there's truly something of, of value there, you know, that you can share, it, it'll get out there. And then of course, if, if, if the, if the different instrument companies, you recognize that, well, this guy or this girl has quite a bit of outreach, they may want to work with you to represent them. And that's, that's where that kind of clinic thing would come into play where, mm-hmm. you know, oh, wow, this, this, this guitar player or musician, you know, is get, getting lots of eyeballs. Well, we, we would wish they were playing our guitar and, you know, so that we might uh, help, uh, you know, help their career, but also he's going to help us. She's going to help us uh, sell some instrument. So that's that's kind of what that's all about. But there was no specific agenda that I ever had, like, oh, I want to do this. But it kind of happened organically through those relationships where they they wanted me out there to, you know, kind of be their ambassador for the the guitars of the amps. And I was happy to do it because I was doing so playing my own music, which was always my goal. Even though I might've been gigging with other bands, I worked with Olivia Newton-John for many years and Simon Phillips playing his kind of fusion stuff. And all all that stuff was great. And also obviously touring with my band as much as I could. but the the clinic gigs were always great because it was a, an easy way for me to tour and and get, you know develop fan base around the world literally just by uh, the companies having faith in me to to be a good representative for them. Yeah. yeah. So when you get the opportunity, let's say, to go to Japan and, and to do a clinic, mm. is it really more of an opportunity for you to play? But at the you get to highlight their stuff, right? right. You get to highlight their gear and maybe talk about it, but you're really yeah. there. To kind of put on a solo show that's going <laughs> to. Well, that, that really is. I mean, what what, yeah. what you're saying is exactly true. I'm. I was never the guy to go. Here's the new product, and I'm going to show you. I'm, I was never the Ron Popeil pocket fisherman guy. <laughs> it was like this is my guitar. I you know I love this guitar. I'm. It's, and it was always organic too. I think over time, I, and I, I hope this is the case that I developed a reputation for. If you see me using this gear, it's because I'm really using it. You know, it's not because yeah. I'm being paid to do so. It's not because you know, there's, 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 there's zero motive other than this works for me and I can make music. So yeah, that was always the deal. They, they didn't need me to have any kind of sales pitch. It was, it was, yeah. it, it was, it really was, it was a concert opportunity, but also an interactive opportunity. Cause that's a lot of the fun was also just being able to interact and take questions and every, I never had anything planned. I had a certain amount of tunes I knew I would want to play. Uh, but it was more about what 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 do these people want to talk about? How can I what can I share that might be beneficial 
to this, you know, this group of people or a very specific individual. But I remember, you know, going to clinics, you know, growing up where I, if I could go see Steve Morse, yeah, I want to talk a little bit, but man, I want to see this guy play up close. Right. What, right. An oppor- what an opportunity, you know, to just be, yeah. have your hair and face peeled back by this, this great music and great guitar playing. So when I'm in that position, I, I treat it kind of like that too. I want to play. I want to, you know, yeah. I want to treat it as, 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 as a concert experience, but also hopefully, you know, sharing some, some experience and, and having to be in a very personal situation that you won't get in a, in a normal concert, you know? Right. Now has, has the, the whole clinic aspect, I know because of COVID everything shut down, Yeah. but, has, but, has it, but does it seem like the whole clinic aspect is kind of, you know, died back a little bit, you know, people aren't doing it as much as they used to, or is it simply because of COVID and, and well, night? I think in, well, in the States, it's, it's, it's a lot less than it used to be. There was a time in the early, in the eighties and early nineties where there were still guys doing you know tours for companies. But I think over time that, that tended to, to happen less and less. I don't know if it, it was just a matter. It was just hard to get people to come out because it was happening so much. But there's there was a lot of people still in Europe and 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 the Southeast Asia and South America that really wanted to to still see players do their thing. And I would do I did a bunch in South America too. There was a company that I I did some for Ibanez and uh, a lot for GNI, which is a company that makes pedals that I use. Um, but you know, yeah. So in the states, it is there's a lot less of the clinic type situation. And again, there's so much of it happening online. You know, I without being able to tour during COVID, I did about 140, you know, live streaming gigs sitting exactly right or standing right here, you know, where I could, but, you know, getting a really good sound of a good mix of guitar tone. I've got my amps, you know, speaker cabs in another room and and, uh, just got used to, but it it was easy. I have to say it was kind of easy. Once I got the lighting and video together, it was literally just like doing a clinic gig, you know, because I'm playing with tracks and I, you know, not, there's a lot of players that kind of complain about, oh, I hate playing with tracks. Well, I dig it just because, you know, the mix is going to be great. You, you know, you get, <laughs> get your guitar blended and just right. Um, I prefer over the live band, obviously, but, but it, it worked out well for me in that I was comfortable in that capacity. And it was from those years of yeah. be, being on a stage by myself and having to handle a crowd. This was weird because it was virtually and I couldn't see anybody. There'd be like a chat window that people could kind of converse that way. But it was just another way to, to continue playing and you know it, it it really helped a lot of people including me because i could make a little bit of money doing it but it gave a lot of people you know something to look forward to because again for a while when nobody was going anywhere at least we had these weekends i was doing two shows every saturday on stage it right for, for most of the you know the major pandemic so yeah yeah it, it seems like it that was an open door for a lot of players yeah and, yeah, and some players have continued. I know. I think Larry Mitchell was doing it even before the pandemic. Yeah, he was. You know, simply because yeah. it gives you an audience that you probably didn't have before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that is that that is the absolute beauty of the the internet. So it's like the 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 world's at your doorstep if they you know just they know how to get to your doorstep. Basically, you know, it can. <laughs> you know, I, I and we'd have people logging in from all over the world, getting up at all odd hours, depending on the time difference. You know, just yeah. to hang out, which is really cool, man, and uh, yeah. humbling. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Andy, I appreciate, you know, the time that you've given me and uh, I love, I love the new album and thank you, man. Thank you. I hate to sound like that guy that just goes, man, I really like what you do, but I really like, (laughs) 
I trust me, it's okay to be that guy, and I'm I'm, no, thankful, I do. I'm, thank, I'm thankful to hear that from you because I'm always that guy too sitting there. Well, I need to come here. You play with uh, Eric Gales, man. That would be what's the date in, in April? In April April fourteenth in St. Uh, Louis. The Red. Nice. What, what's the venue? The Red Flag. Awesome, man. Yeah. So I mean, never uh, know, yeah. man. Never know. Yeah, that was supposed that was supposed to happen uh, last year, but because of COVID, it got pushed off. Okay. It finally, it finally got it centered in that. Uh, there's another guitar player on the bill, uh, Harry Mura. I don't know if you know Harry. I don't think I know Harry. Three guys played on the Halo video game series, right? Oh, okay. Steve I, John Mayer, and Harry. Nice. Harry's, Harry's he's bad. Good, he's in. He's in good company, man. <laughs> he must bad, be dude. hanging yeah. with those guys. Yeah, he's well, a bad awesome. Dude. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. I want to hear your stuff too, man. Send me a link to some of your stuff. I'm sure you got some records. I do. I awesome, do. Awesome, man. Let's hear you, Jimmy. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that, though. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah, it's like, but anyway, I appreciate your time. I wish you all the best with Thank the you, album. Thank you. I appreciate you checking it out, man. Thank you so much. I hope you make it to Chicago. You yeah, know. I hope I so, too. I you last time. I hadn't seen you since. So. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll get back there. It'll, ha it'll happen. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you so much, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andy Timmons right here on Guitar Talk. It was an absolute pleasure having him on the show again. Andy, I want to thank you so much for participating. I know that you got something out of it because there's always something cool when Andy starts to speak and play. Man, it's always amazing. You know, go to guitartalkofficial.com. Make sure you sign up for our uh, newsletter. Make sure that you're uh, checking out and getting your tickets for the Chicago Regional Guitar Show that Guitar Talk is doing in the Chicago region on July 17th. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time. And then also, if you are in St. Louis on April 14th, I'll be playing with Eric Gales at the Red Flag. So come on down to St. Louis to the Red Flag with Eric Gales. And me and my good friend Harry Muir are opening up for Eric. So it's going to be a great, great time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thanks for tuning in to Guitar Talk.